the fob to the LZ in country or stateside. It's helmets and gloves time. Welcome to Hooker Nation. Hey everybody, welcome back to the greatest show on earth, the Hooker Nation podcast. Uh, as always, Charlie, how are you doing? Oh man, I'm doing really good tonight. I uh, fell a 80 foot cedar tree in my neighbor's backyard yesterday, right after work. Uh, mm. Fell right in between the fence and his septic system, and of course balls on it like wow. always Look. and uh then today i put up uh uh 20 by uh 28 shed with a roof on it uh put up all the tin and had the framing already done and so i'm pretty well spent right now and ready <laughs> to kick back kick back talk to craig and maybe have a beer and put, have a good show tonight Oh, geez, man. I, if I would have known you've achieved that much, I would have invited you down here to help pen pack my house. That would have been just one more thing. <laughs> well, you're, you are only an hour away by the airplane. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Oh, yeah. man. Well, hey, we got a great show tonight, don't we? I'm excited. Hell, yeah, we do. I'm excited, too, man. It's, yeah. What an honor. Yeah, we got Craig with uh, <clears throat> um, Windy 25 Foundation with us tonight. And uh, we're we're going to be chatting quite a bit about uh, not only the foundation but uh, about the, his history as well, which is just amazing. Um, so yeah, welcome to the show, Craig. How are you doing tonight? Uh, thanks, guys. Uh, doing well, and uh, honored to be a part of this uh, podcast. And thank you very much for having me. Yeah, man. It's, yeah, glad to have you. I feel like the guests each time just keep getting better and better and better. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to have you on here. It's great. Yeah. You're being way too kind. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you gotta, you gotta just aim for the stars. And if you get to the moon, you're, you're in good shape, right? Well, yeah. you know, or at least that you know, maybe stratosphere, you know, maybe <laughs> stratosphere, but I'm certainly not over the moon. That's for sure. I'm, there's plenty of great people that, that could fill my shoes. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, no, it's great. No. So yeah. Um, like I said, we got a great show tonight. Um, we're going to be talking with Craig about not, like I said, the foundation, we're going to be chatting about, uh, your history in the, in the military and, and, uh, also, with the foundation, um, we got this great event coming up in Las Vegas, so we'll be chatting about that, I'm sure, as well. Uh, let's see here. Charlie, I mean, it like we've had so many things going on. We've been offline for a couple of weeks. It's been pretty crazy, but uh, we're back. We're back, back with vengeance, right? Yeah, <laughs> man, I'm in it to win it. I was standing by just pacing and <laughs> looking at my watch, pacing around, you know. Uh, doing straps, uh, <laughs> doing cargo straps, undoing them, doing them again, cleaning the aircraft, uh, greasing the drive shafts again, wiping it down. Yeah, I've just been when I don't when I don't hear anything, I kind of get nervous. I can I almost if not daily, every other day, I'd I'd get a message from Charlie. Hey, how's it, how you doing? How's it going? Are we uh, we back up yet? Uh, what can I do? Come on, I mean. Uh, I'm ready to fly. I'm ready. (laughs) No, I got a lot done. I did get a lot done in that two week time for, uh, for hooker nation. That's for sure. Yeah. We're excited. That's hilarious. Well, well, if he wants to go faster, he should have come down and help you unpack your house. I know. Exactly. Exactly. 
Uh, let me see. I had a little bit of time between doing dishes and cooking dinner. I probably could have done it. <laughs> That's about how long it would have taken him. He would have been down here, had a couple uh-huh. of adrenaline shots, and had it done. Next problem. <laughs> Next problem, yep. So, well, yeah, cool. So, uh, now we just want to jump into, you know, we, we like to do this great segment each week that uh, we do the show. It's called Drinks to the Fall, and and uh, it, it's pretty special for us. It's special for the listeners, um, special for the families, wh- whoever the case may be. But we like to do it because not only is it the right thing for us to do, but it's it's important for us not only as hookers, um, but as veterans to honor our brothers and sisters who are fallen. So this week, I'm going to pass it over to Craig. Craig, who are we drinking to tonight? Well, we're going to drink to uh, the crew and passengers of the Windy 2-5 flight that went down uh, this coming uh, week, April 6, 2005. So 13 years ago, April 6, 2005, uh, uh, CH-47 went down in Gaza, Afghanistan, killed 18. Five of those were the crew members, uh, CW2 Clint Prather, CW2 David Ayala, Staff Sergeant Chuck Sanders, Specialist Michael Spivey, and Specialist Pendleton Sykes, and the 13 passengers that were with him in the back. They all lost their lives, and we salute tonight uh, Windy 25, which was the call sign of the aircraft, and we honor their life legacy and their families. So here, here. Yeah. Here's the Windy 2-5. Cheers till we all meet again. Indeed. <sighs> mm. All right. Thanks for that, Craig. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Well, let's get let's get into this show. I want to hear all about uh all about you and about the foundation, Craig. So, hey, what motivated you to join and be a part of Army Aviation, brother? Well, I got—I wish there was a uh, more profound uh, story, but uh, it was take back to Craig Wilhelm being a 13-year-old and uh, loving aviation in general. I had books and model toy models and uh, toys of aircraft and. Um, ever since I remember um, 13 years of age, um, I wanted to fly Army aviation. Didn't matter what. Um, I knew Chinooks seemed cool, and that was always the one that I was steer- steered to. Um, but I wanted to be an Army aviator. And everybody thought, what do you mean? You should go Air Force or you should go to the Navy? And I said, nope, I want to be an Army aviator. And so that was sort of the pathway I took all the way through um, even in high school, knowing that I was going to be joining the ranks of the army somehow. And, um, I, I went the West point route. Uh, so don't hold wow. that against me. Uh, I'm oh, proud of that. Wow. Uh, right on. Uh, and, um, so I went through the long gray line and, uh, you know, got branched aviation right away and went straight to Fort Rucker for flight school. So that was, that's my story. Wow. That's awesome. And now, so you bought, go ahead. Oh, no, I, I was just going to say, what were you majoring in when you went to West Point, man? That's awesome. That's huge. Well, I I was one of those guys that changed majors two or three times. So I ended up with a uh, business administration degree as well as systems engineering as the tract. Wow. And, uh, nice. 
You were an, o- so, an overachiever, were you? <laughs> uh, I really was. I, I tried to be. It was just very difficult at West Point to be. To, oh, know, my. Keep your head above water. <laughs> Sounds like you did pretty darn good. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I survived. Let's put it that way. I graduated. How's that? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and I, I got know. army aviation. So I did something right. 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 Good. Yeah. That's cool. Hey man, C's and D's get degrees, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's awesome. So, Hey, what was the deciding factor then in, in you wanting to become a commissioned officer over say, you know, uh, a flight engineer or, or going the enlisted route. Yeah. I mean, it was, um, you know, sort of charted for me when I decided to go to West Point. Um, but there was always an entrance, uh, you know, deep inside of me, I wanted to serve my country and to lead soldiers. That was, that's really the truth. Cool. Um, it sounds cliche, but that was what I wanted, uh, from, you know, early age is to give back in some way to this country of ours. Um, I grew up overseas in Saudi Arabia and, uh, you know, I, I, I really felt like uh, America is the best place to live and uh, is the greatest country in the world. And I wanted to make sure that I gave back to this uh, country in some way. Man, that's huge. I mean, I think that uh, the, the leaders of today's army and the, and the future leaders of tomorrow's army or Marines or whoever, I think that's the kind of mentality they the leaders need to have is, you know, that, that burning desire inside you to not only be a good leader, but to lead the soldiers of this army. Right. And, and I think that makes a difference. I really do. Cause I think some, I think you see some <clears throat> leaders that might be just in it cause they got the free education or whatever the case may be, or they wanted the pay raise. But I mean, that is, that is really inspiring to hear. And that's great. And I think that's, those are good words for, for a lot of leaders out there, for sure. That's great. Absolutely. Well, and I, and I would just say though, uh, uh, and again, not to sound cliche, um, but you know, the best advice and the best mentors of mine, uh, were those, uh, senior enlisted and young enlisted soldiers that, you know, taught me along the way, you know, of what not to do, <laughs> yeah. uh, and what to do. Right. Um, you know, I hark back, uh, Folks in the hooker community will, will know Ed Joslin and David Wagner, uh, my two first sergeants when I was commander of Big Windy. Uh, they are second to none. They're like brothers to me. Yeah, um, we, we like Dave, Ed. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, and David David Wagner, uh, David Wagner, kind of an ironic thing. Uh, he took over for Ed after we got back from Iraq um, and then went with me to Afghanistan when Windy 2-5 happened. Uh, David Wagner was my first platoon sergeant when I was a young second lieutenant um, and ended up being my first sergeant. Um, and I couldn't ask for a better guy. Yeah. Right on. Oh, that's awesome. <clears throat> so, hey, let's talk about flight school. Uh, hi, just, <laughs> okay. just just some highlights. I mean, here's the deal. Flight, flight school is flight school, right? It's it's intense. And I think it it is uh, it's where you have. You know, it's where that foundation gets built and it's where you get all the great stories. So let's, let's hear a few stories and some, and some highlights about that. Well, 
my flight school experience was probably like no other, uh, uh, or everybody <laughs> else's, uh, uh, to say the least, you know, you, you, uh, come out of West point and it's the first time you've been living outside of the, uh, gray walls of West point. And so, uh, there's quite a bit of, um, you know, fun time to be had, especially with the beaches that close and, and, uh, you know, having a little bit of freedom, uh, so we definitely um, partied hard, but studied hard as well. Um, and uh, in my case, we started out with the Hueys. Uh, the Hueys were still the training aircraft there. And so I was a Huey guy um, throughout my flight school, uh, which was an incredible aircraft. And you really got to learn the ropes and the chops there. And my, uh, one of my flight instructors was probably the oldest living flight instructor there, Lubert Wing. I doubt he's even alive now, but an incredible, uh, gentleman who would yell at us and swat us with the maps and, uh, <laughs> you know, rest, wrestle us in the aircraft and would fold his arms up and not take the controls and say, I'm, I'm ready to die if you guys can't handle, uh, getting us out of this predicament. So oh, I wow. mean, it was like that it was baptism by fire for sure. But, um, I enjoyed flight school. It was incredible, you know, incredible, uh, uh, folks that, uh, served with me there and trained with me there. And then I went directly into assessing Chinooks, uh, with the Chinook transition there before I went to Fort Sill, Oklahoma was my first assignment. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Uh, fly school to me, man. I mean, just, I, I got the opportunity that this is going to just sound silly, but I got the opportunity to go and do a simulator one time with one of the pilots. And I just thought to myself, this is ridiculous. How can anybody in their right mind figure out how to hover this aircraft? This is ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) So... And I always was, got the red screen of death. I always I got the red screen of death. I made everybody else sick in it. Yeah, I was no good. <laughs> I know the, the the first thing the pod told me, hey, if we if we crash in the simulator, we're we're crashing in real life. And I was like, well, you got the controls in, man. I'm done here. <laughs> <laughs> so no, that's awesome. <clears throat> um, okay, so what was your? So you said, <clears throat> excuse me. First, uh, your first unit was. Uh, Fort Sill. Um, where'd you go from yeah, there? So, yeah, so most people won't uh, re- may not remember this, but there was a Chinook unit at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Uh, <laughs> I went as a second lieutenant. I was a, I was lucky enough to get the flight platoon. Um, so it was a detachment um, from Fort Hood, Texas. Uh, so we were second platoon, A Company, one five eight Aviation uh, at Fort Sill. Awesome. No, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so kind of, you know, moving down the line, obviously you became the uh, commander um, of flight company. What were some of the challenges of being the commander in, uh, in both Iraq and Afghanistan? I, I think with, uh, it was different in both cases. I mean, Iraq was, we were very spread out. We had detachments quite a bit all over the place uh, and not a lot of, uh, uh, reinforcement, if you will, um, on the early days, we, we deployed in 2003. So there was a lot of uh, supply lines that still, uh, weren't really robust. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, boy, that's, you know, for I sure. still, I, 
I mean, Charlie, you'll remember when uh, we were coming up through Talil and uh, yeah. for a while, folks were still living in the aircraft. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and, and uh, you know, no showers for days or uh, showering with just the water that you had uh, with you. So, I mean, it was it was um, certainly a challenge at the early stages of the war. Um, Iraq also had, you know, quite a bit of, uh, you know, sandy conditions and the landing environment was terrible. Um, and then Afghanistan, I think the challenge from a, a pilot's perspective was certainly the, uh, illumination, uh, as well as the, uh, terrain. So, yeah. but as far as a command, but as far as a commander goes, uh, you know, it was, uh, the challenge was to make sure that everybody's head was in the game. Right. That, that, that always, you know, it was, uh, it wasn't a sprint. It was a marathon. Uh, and particularly in Iraq, uh, nobody knew when we were going home. We all kind of thought we would be going home maybe after three months or four months or five months. And it turned out to be a year. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, having, little... you know, having folks, having folks motivated to continue doing the job day in and day out, you know, 24 seven, as you well can imagine, yeah. um, was tough. Um, and then certainly with the accident in Afghanistan, that was probably the biggest challenge for me as a commander. Um, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure, but, yeah. um, making sure that people's heads were in the game mm. and, oh, man, you know, it's I, tough. Uh, but, yeah. but I will tell you, uh, the professionalism of these guys were unbelievable, particularly big windy. Um, I can't say, uh, anything but great stuff about our, our soldiers. Yeah. 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 They were a fine bunch. Uh, we were over there with a company five of the one five ninth and, and, uh, with you guys and we fell in with 12th aviation brigade, uh, there in 03 up in Balad and, and, uh, the camaraderie that we gained immediately with your team over there was uh second to none. I mean, we blended right in and met so many good people and, uh, it, 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 we were kind of wondering cause we were a reserve unit and there's always that stigma between reserve and guard, you know, teaming up with regular army, but, uh, your guys took us right in and it was, it was, uh, made the deployment that much more bearable, I would say, but yeah, it was, it was yeah, an honor well, to be I, part I of it. Also, yeah. And I appreciate that. I think there's also that, uh, you know, instant connection being uh, a Chinook guy. I think is important, uh, to stick together. And, yeah. you know, big Wendy's had a huge, uh, you know, uh, long history. Um, you know, it's the longest, uh, uh, active unit, uh, the 180th aviation company in Vietnam is where it started. And it now is in Ansbach, Germany under the 12th combat aviation brigade still. So, uh, there's that long history and when folks, uh, join big Wendy and come into, uh, the big Wendy family, um, it truly becomes a family. And I think, you know, that's why we were so close in both deployments and bringing other, bringing other Chinook, uh, folks in, into the family is, is important. So you guys, uh, big Wendy was over in Iraq and, 2003 now did you guys leave right at the end of 2003 or the first part of 2004 i can't remember no we were there for one year uh exactly i got everybody out uh in february of 2004 right Uh, and then we were 
And then we were about 11 months on station before we went back to Afghanistan in early yeah. 2005. It, and that's, you know, and that was going to lead into my next question is because I remember you guys left and, you know, I still kept in touch with Wit and, and, uh, Brindley and all those guys and, uh, Chuck neighbors and, and, uh, they, you know, I got an email from, I believe it was Chuck and he just said, Hey, we're going over to the stand. I was like, God, you guys just got home. And, and, uh, so it was, it was a matter of what, 11 months for you guys turned right back around and went back over there. Yeah. And think basically, about, uh, you know, think about the challenges, uh, just from, uh, you know, the perspective of, you know, trying to get folks, you know, minds back in the game. Right. We got it's, back. Uh, we had a POTUS mission president of the United States. Right. Uh, uh, mission, um, in Normandy for the 60th anniversary of Normandy. Right. Uh, so I had to deploy five Chinooks to Normandy, uh, with a contingent of people. So you can imagine the families just had gotten their loved ones back and we had to deploy to quite frankly, an incredible mission. <laughs> so right. all of us, yeah, I'll bet not, it was. Uh, I mean, we, we were, we were, uh, not unhappy, but, uh, certainly it was trying on the families when we just had deployed back and then we had a, a mission to go to Normandy, um, right. and then to come back and start training. So we had a quite a bit of a rigorous train up, uh, with soldiers that were leaving the unit and new pilots coming in. So, we had quite a bit of new pilots and new crew members that had come into the unit uh, over the summer that were getting ready to deploy. So having to get these folks RL progressed and um, you know ready to right. be first time in combat, where some of these other seasoned folks who were in um, Iraq either were leaving the unit or extending. And luckily, right. we did have some folks that were extending. In fact, uh, Clint Prather was one of the ones that Clint uh, extended to go to Afghanistan. Cool. Yeah, I yeah, I, I was just thinking, you know, when we got back, because we stayed, gosh, we ended up getting out of there uh, May 7th. We were we ended up being over there 14 months, and because and, uh, I remember you guys leaving, and our commanders just said, well, we're going to be here another six months. And so we were supposed to be slated for 18, but we'd flown so much, so many hours and stuff over there that they finally just said, we're sending you guys home. And it was, uh, uh, I was glad to go, but then to turn back around in in 11 months, like you guys did, I, man, I, that would have been tough to, you know, to turn right around and get back into the fight again. You know, to decompress and then, you know, get spooled back up and get ready to go again. So with that being said, when you're in Afghanistan, what, uh, what was your guys' main base you guys were operating out of at that time? In Afghanistan, we were at a Bagram, uh, oh, okay. so, a lot in Iraq. So we were in Bagram. Uh, we did have a detachment that went to Salerno. Oh, uh, in 05 as well. In 05 as well. Yeah. But it, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it lasted too long. Um, it's been a while, so I can't remember, but right. we have a detachment there. Yeah, we fell in with uh, the attack or the detachment uh, in Salerno when we went over there in 2010 with uh, uh, Wit and Vega and 
uh, Dave Ramsey was there. And I mean, just, they called themselves the lucky 13. They had two ships and 13 crew members and, and, uh, good times. I mean, it was good hooking up and seeing those guys again and, and had her, uh, Salerno was you know Dave Ramsey's on our board. Uh, Dave yeah. Ramsey is on yeah. the two five Memorial Funds board. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I knew that. And, uh, yeah, it was good. He was a damn good pilot and just got nothing but good to say about you guys. <laughs> That's sure. So, oh, yeah. all right. Uh, so we'll get into the, uh, accident of Wendy two five. What caused that? accident that crash of windy two five yeah so uh, that day april 6 2005 there was uh some weather that had moved in but it wasn't bad enough uh to not uh, uh you know start the missions uh for that day but uh windy two five was a flight of two um and it hit a shamal, which is one of those sandstorms that come uh, every 14 to 20 years in Afghanistan that hits a wall of, of sand. And the pilots uh, lost uh, visual reference and uh, the aircraft went down, uh, killing 18. I got you. God. Okay. As, as a commander, how do you not only do you get through this and continue operating and running missions, how do you get the rest of the unit going and getting back into the game after something like that? I mean, I, I never had anything like that or witnessed or been a part of anything like that, you know, other than the, uh, Illinois bird that went down when we were in Iraq. But, um, but just to be the commander of the guys and your detachment, how, what it, I guess, what does a guy do as a commander? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the the easy answer would say, well, we sucked it up and we went. Um, the the larger answer that I think is more appropriate is to say that you, uh, I think everybody was numb. We had come out of Iraq with no injuries or uh, fatalities. Um, so we, you know, we kind of felt invincible. Um, so when that happens, you, you do turn numb. Um, but at the same time, as a commander, I felt the responsibility to honor um, those that we lost and to make sure that everybody's head was back in the game and to do our mission. Because, you know, while the accident happened, there was still soldiers on the battlefield that relied on our aircraft hauling them right. back, particularly because it was a... a uh, relief in place. And so many of these uh, soldiers had been there 12, 14 months and were getting ready to come back home. And, you know, the Chinook was in many cases, the only method for them to get back to home station. Uh, and so, you know, it was making sure that um, we balanced the mission and then balanced to make sure that, Hey, all of these guys that we lost uh, would have wanted us to continue the mission, would have wanted us to honor them by doing that. And that is their legacy of those we lost. And so uh, that was uh, sort of the tone that I took. Um, and, you know, I rallied the folks together in our makeshift hangar and I stood on a, a Humvee and I said, hey, guys, uh, we, we've got a we had a huge blow 
to our unit. Um, our battle buddies are gone um, and they're not coming home. And the best we can do to honor them and their families is to make sure that we continue running these missions the way that they would want us to do that. And, um, you know, that's, that's tough to do. Uh, there was definitely tears. Uh, there was definitely consolation. Um, there was definitely second guessing, um, uh, by myself for sure. Um, I had, uh, many heart to heart conversations with pilots, um, before going out on missions to make sure that their heads were in the game. I had to have some serious introspection with myself to make sure that um, I wasn't becoming too gun shy um, and not accepting missions that we probably should have accepted um, as a result of the loss. So it was, it was tough. Um, and you know, I, you'd have to ask the unit to see how we managed, but I, I got to say, in my opinion, the uh, those men and women of uh, Big Windy rose to the occasion, and I think uh, the crew and the passengers we lost would be proud. Wow, just I'm speechless on that. That, yeah, that I mean, I you know I debated on asking that question, but it's it's one that. I, I just couldn't even put myself in that place or I really don't have an understanding of what that would be like and, and what kind of a leader uh, could get through that. And obviously you were that guy and you were that guy to many and you got everybody rallied up and you guys continued on and uh, that was I'm glad I asked it, but I'll tell you what, it, uh, it's an emotion. It's, I wasn't there, but I, I really feel emotional about that, uh, answer right now. And, and, uh, big Wendy was, uh, blessed to have you on board and have you for their commander for sure. Oh, well, uh, uh, th- thank, thank you for that. Uh, uh, I was honored to serve, uh, them and, uh, I will tell you, they, they gave it back in spades, uh, you know, as far as, um, the team. So right on. Okay. With that being said, what was the, what was the motivational factor that started the windy two, five, five K Memorial run and the five in the, uh, windy two, five foundation. And what's the name of the organization that you guys, uh, contribute to and how can other people donate as well? Well, this one's probably going to be a long, uh, drawn out answer, but uh, let's have it. The, 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 the start of your question about how, uh, what was motivating us to start the Winnie two five Memorial fund. I certainly, uh, from the day that I stood on that Humvee and talked to the guys, uh, and, uh, the soldiers of the unit that forever we would honor our lost life legacy never in my a million years and i'll fast forward later and talk about how the passengers have come into um, play here but we didn't know any of the 13 passengers so at the time we uh were grieving our five big windy soldiers uh cw2 pray cw2 ayala specialist sykes 
Staff Sergeant Sanders and Specialist Spivey. So, but there were 13 other passengers that lost their lives uh, on that day as well. And so we always knew that there was some, if there was some way that we could give back to their families in some way and honor their legacy, we would do that. So that was sort of always in the back of my mind and certainly in many of the soldiers' minds that we would continue to honor them in some way. What motivated me, I had been doing some nonprofit work with other organizations and I, I really started to get the itch that, you know, I think it was time to start thinking about how we were going to honor the Windy 25 flight. And so myself and, uh, two, uh, of my, uh, uh, officers that I knew, uh, Nick Duncan, who is uh, a flight platoon leader at big windy and his wife, Stacy Duncan, who was working at the 12th aviation brigade, um, as, uh, a S four. Um, I was at their house in, uh, Wright Patterson air force base, uh, and we were sitting around and I was talking about uh, these nonprofits that I had done some work for. And I said, you know, I think it's about time that we do this something for Windy 2.5. Why don't we come up with a race or, you know, some sort of event and raise money for organizations that give directly to families of our fallen heroes as a tribute to the Windy 2.5 flight? And so that's really how it transpired was sitting in a, uh, around a coffee table, drinking, talking about how we could honor our battle buddies legacy and honor their family. And so we made several phone calls. Uh, I called each of the family members of the Windy two five, uh, families and asked them if we were to do something, uh, to support them you know, was that okay to do? Um, and every single one of them, uh, thanked me and said that, uh, by doing this, we would never forget their loved one's life story. And so that became our mission, uh, for the Windy two five Memorial fund is to create events. And I'll get to the event that we've uh, been doing now for the last eight years, but this was on the fifth anniversary um, uh, that we created the Windy 2-5 Memorial Fund. So five years had passed. And the mission of the uh, Memorial Fund is to uh, ensure that uh, we honor the legacy of the Windy 2-5 flight and we raise money and awareness for the families of them uh, and the families of other military fallen heroes as the tribute to uh, these soldiers on Windy 2-5. Um, so we create events uh, and provide opportunities for others to rally around those who have lost loved ones to military service. And we give them the platform to share their loved ones' life stories and thank, thank them for their ultimate sacrifice. And we do so in uh, the spirit of never forgetting. Uh, and so uh, Winnie Two Five Memorial Fund was created in that, in that vein. Um, we have done events. Uh, quite a bit across the country. Um, the most prominent one is our major fundraising event that happens in Las Vegas. This year, it's going to be in Las Vegas, April 7th. Uh, so a week from today, 
uh, in Las Vegas, uh, hosted by the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. It's been a host of our events since uh, the beginning of the Windy 2-5 Memorial Fund. It's a 5K race, and American Airlines flies all of the families of our fallen heroes from Windy 2-5 in for the event. And we have right now about 80 of our Windy 2-5, our big Windy soldiers coming to the event and rallying around those families to, oh, that's awesome. Uh, give them hugs and uh, give them stories of their loved ones. And uh, at the same time, uh, give them a sense of comfort. So uh, uh, it, it's, we it have about 350 ways. runners. Yeah, 350 runners uh, that are going to support this event and uh, some incredible sponsors uh, that. Uh, pay for all of the expenses. So any money that is raised, so the money that hooker nation gave all of that money goes to families of the fallen heroes through our charity partners. And we chose two charity partners this year. Uh, one has been our charity partner from the beginning. It's called tragedy assistance program for survivors, uh, taps for short, uh, taps is the sole source nonprofit organization that provides 24 seven care and assistance to anybody that's lost a loved one to military service, regardless of circumstance and taps has been instrumental in helping families of our windy two five soldiers, um, deal with the grief and the loss and get them, uh, to, uh, continue on and, uh, live out their loved one's life legacy. So it's really fit in nicely with our windy two five mission. Those oh, services good. are peer to peer pro those, pe- uh, services that taps provides, uh, peer to peer programs, uh, connection to community based care, as well as grief camps, uh, and spouse camps, uh, for those that have lost loved ones to military service. And then this year we chose, uh, another small organization that is doing great work. It's called Legacies Alive. Like Windy 2-5, Legacies Alive was founded by combat veterans, uh, and Legacies Alive and its legacy projects, um, they work alongside directly with surviving families who have an idea to honor their loved one, but maybe don't have the funds or the resources to get it done. And Legacies Alive comes in and provides those resources to create lasting memorials and communities um, where these families live. So uh, a family that would like to have a monument erected in their honor or a sign um, or a school named after their loved one, Legacies Alive comes in and provides that resourcing and funding to help support that family member. Yeah, that is huge. What a, you're connected to a, a huge network and, and, you know, getting this out on the, the podcast here is, you know, going to, I know it's going to make a difference in, in people's lives, you know, that listen to this and, uh, you know, who might not have known where to reach out and we'll hear this message tonight. And, uh, it's just, just another thing that you're doing positive and, uh, leading by example and setting the standard high. And we appreciate having you on. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, you know, I think, and I'm, uh, you know, stop me if I'm going, um, way too long here, but, uh, no, you know, we are, passionate, long as you we are passionate about, <laughs> we are passionate about, uh, these events. Uh, we did a, uh, veteran carbon clinic 
in Austin, Texas, um, bringing uh, families of fallen heroes in to shoot with uh, some Navy SEALs and uh, Army Rangers. And actually, we had one of our Windy 2-5 uh, family members, uh, Drake Sanders, a uh, teenager, um, who uh, came with his uh, stepdad and uh, came to the event and actually won the event over all the other folks that were participating. So it could oh, have wow. been a better better story. Um, and then we've done a uh, swimming event where there was a surviving family who was honoring their their uh, West Point swim uh, star um, who had died uh, of uh, complications that arose uh, in Iraq. And uh, we hosted an event for them and the money that we raised went to uh, create a locker in the West Point locker room for uh, the guy for a lasting legacy. So, if you know, it kind of fits in with the Legacies Alive legacy projects um, uh, that we're supporting this year. So uh, those are the types of events that we try to do. And then I, I couldn't um, in this podcast uh, tell you that we've expanded internationally. So 12th Aviation Combat Aviation Brigade has hosted a run for Windy 2-5 at Ansbach uh, Kasern in Ansbach, Germany. And wow. this year will be the third annual. It's uh, slated for either July or August. The dates will be forthcoming and we'll have them on our website. Uh, but the brigade comes out in mass. And this last year we had both 12th combat aviation brigade and the 10th combat aviation brigade since they were deployed there uh participate in our event uh so oh, over 500 geez. soldiers and families coming to that yeah, yeah huge huge That's, it huge. is and uh craig this is this has been um really eye-opening to me um and and you know i think to a lot of listeners because it, Here's the deal, you know, you, you're doing something so amazing after your military career that, that is not only giving back and, and, you know, you, you've been giving, giving, giving your whole life. You, you know, you went to West Point, you did all this stuff for soldiers and, and it's, and it's great. And I, I love hearing these kind of stories and I love hearing this stuff because, you know, it inspires me to be better and it inspires me to do better with the show and stuff like that. Right. But this is amazing because here's the deal you have from my point of view, you know, being out of the military. Now I look at the difference between military leaders and corporate leaders. And, and I, and I feel like, and you, you can do a Google search and just read, you know, millions of things about the differences and all this stuff. Right. But I think one of the biggest things is that when you have a, a military leader, you know, leaders that that dedicate their lives to not only leading soldiers, but leading big things, you know, in a, in a combat situation, it changes the whole perspective for their whole life in how they're supposed to lead. Right. And I, and I feel like, and I, and I say this all the time to like leaders in a, in a room <laughs> at Boeing. Hey, where, where's, where's the mortar fire coming from? Where's the, <laughs> where's the indirect fire coming from? There is none. <laughs> like 
Everybody needs to take a chill pill, relax, catch your breath, and do it again. And, you know, it has been so amazing to listen to how you have been just, I don't, I don't want to say forged by the, by the fire, but really you have. And, and I think that it has made you a better person. I think that Wendy 25 obviously never would have happened or, or been a thing if that wasn't there. But, but you as a, that good leader decided to take a step forward and do this because this is the right thing. And I just, I just got to say thank you. You know, this is such an amazing opportunity to have you on here, but also for you to share these things because I think it'll really inspire a lot of, uh, of, of future leaders. I do too, man. I mean, just, uh, stepping up and being that guy, not many people can do it. Yeah. Not many people can do it. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, uh, you know, uh, thank you. I mean, that, that's very kind of you to say, I, 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 think of this as a uh, buddy effort. I mean, uh, everybody on the board of the Windy 2.5 Memorial Fund, Stacy and Nick, who are my co-founders, um, Dave uh, Ramsey, uh, Brooke Hergert, who is my XO um, uh, when the aircraft That's went awesome. down, and Shane Hubbard. Yeah. Uh, um, they, they all uh, give so much uh, to this uh, and have given so much to this. So I, you know, I would That's be true. remiss if I didn't mention them. Right. Yeah. Um, but thank you. Um, yeah. And, and again, I know I, we're probably running off uh, over time, but I, um, you know, I, I'd be remiss to not say that, you know, w- what has come out of this thing has been uh, bigger than we could have ever imagined. So, you know, it, talking about uh, other folks being inspired, I hope I hope it does inspire folks to know that you know, an idea can spawn to other things. And, you know, the biggest thing for us, there's two things. Uh, one being that because we've done this for eight years in Vegas, we've gotten some good press like, like the podcast we're on now, uh, like the press that I'll be doing next week in Las Vegas when I go down there. Um, from that press, the passengers' families who we did not know, these passengers were, were from other units across the entire battle space of Afghanistan. They have heard about um, what we're doing and have asked um, and reached out to us to be a part of this. I would hope that we can inspire all 13 passengers' families to hear about us and to know about us and to um, be a part of it. Um, and that would be our biggest, uh, blessing, if you will. And then the other thing, uh, that has come out of it that I would not have imagined, um, call it hubris, call it like, you know, just that mission oriented focus that we all had, um, as soldiers, but this has really become cathartic to, uh, the brothers and sisters that served alongside these guys. I mean, that's why you see such a outpouring of support by them every year coming to Vegas and being a part of this to rally around the families. Um, you know, I didn't realize how much it meant to them to be able to um, rally together, to rally around the families, to have a sense of comfort, uh, to know that they were OK for feeling guilty, for feeling uh, depressed, uh you know, to not have closure, to play that day over and over in their minds, uh, day in and day out. 
by being able to rally around those those families, it gives them a sense of comfort. Um, it gives them an outlet to heal. And so I think that that's uh, been an incredible uh, part of this uh, race and the events that we try to create for these families is a healing process happens and a family continues to develop uh, stronger. Uh, You couldn't have said it better. I mean, thank you for that. I think it's awesome. You know, you hear this all the time, but, you know, hookers get the mission done, but hookers also stay together. And, and that's so true in this instance. I mean, the, it's such a small community and everybody is affected by even, even these types of things that, you know, it, it may have been an active duty accident, but still, you know, guard and reserve members are affected by it because they were there with them kind of thing. I mean, it's, it is, it's a small community and, and everybody is uh, both affected and uh, together to support it. Absolutely. And, and yeah. uh, Craig, whatever we can do to help out, we're, we're in it to win it. That's kind of what Jordan set this, uh, hooker nation up for is to help, uh, foundations, veteran owned companies and, and just help people out, you know, and, and, uh, whatever we can get done for you, we'll surely do it. Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, uh, our, our website, windy org. Um, is our website. The race information's on there. You can uh, donate. You can uh, inquire about other events that are coming up, including the Ansbach race that'll happen in, in July or August, and just getting the message out and spreading the word. I mean, hopefully what this does is uh, somebody from a unit recognizes a name of the passengers, uh, those passengers, uh, families, they know those families and those passenger families will reach out to us. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yep. Yeah, we can. Very really. good. Yeah, we can. <laughs> well, excellent. Hey, Craig, it's again, it's been such an honor, such a pleasure to have you on and, uh, you know, hope to be able to support you each year any way that we can, um, you know, definitely have you on again to do another show. So thank you. Always a pleasure, and um, I got to tell you, um, I would be remiss not to thank Hooker Nation for the incredible donation you guys gave uh, to yep. this cause. I mean, it is uh, incredible. Uh, it it it's, did not go unnoticed, and thank you guys. Uh, it, it's awesome to see that it comes from uh, you know you guys um, being a part of the Hooker family, um, and thank you again. Absolutely, and we'll try to raise more for it. I mean, it ain't over yet. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're still trying to, we're, st- we're trying to gather up more money, but, um, next year we're going to really, uh, I want to see three or four or five times that amount going yeah. to, oh, that's Whit- awesome. well, going to know, Wit and his crew, <laughs> team Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Jeremy Whitaker, uh, is, uh, incredibly loyal to this cause and has raised a ton of money for us, uh, for, with his team Phoenix. So, you know, shout out yeah. to him. And so, hey, man, you know, hey, Whit. Uh, doing it through Team Phoenix is, is, is definitely awesome. Um, I will tell you, um, after this year, um, we should be over the $500,000 mark that we've raised for families of America's fallen heroes. Oh, that's so, that that's is great. completely, that's, that's completely as a tribute huge. to the Windy 25 flight. Uh, so, and their families. So Jeez. that's something that the families can, can uh, rest easy knowing that their loved one's life legacy continues to live on. Amen. That's good. 
Oh, man. Well, awesome. Hey, um, looking forward to this. Again, um, April 6th is the event in Vegas. So if you have not signed up, please. April 7th. April 7th is the event. April 7th. Uh, April 6th is the 13 uh, year of the accident. Of the accident. So April 6th, 2005. My bad there. Okay. So April 7th. Hey, go on. Um, How late can people sign up for this rate? When's the like last moment that they could sign up for it? So if anybody wants to join us in Las Vegas, they can join up to the day of, uh, we will have the, uh, internet signups, uh, stop at the end of the day on Wednesday, the fourth, but okay. then you can sign up in person, uh, the day of the race at seven thirty in front of the cosmopolitan of Las Vegas on the strip. And uh, it is one of the only races that starts and finishes on the Las Vegas Strip. We close wow. down two lanes of the Las Vegas Strip to actually get <laughs> folks uh, to start and finish on the Strip. It's really awesome. That's and I'd be cool. remiss. I mean, we have the Patriot Guard riders of Nevada come out and do route security for us. Oh, We've nice. got the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department that come out in force and donate their time uh, of their officers to support our event. We have the Clark County Fire Department. We have the UNLV cheerleaders uh, that will be doing the cheer and handing out the race medals at the end of the race. We have the Democracy Prep Band that comes out and uh, you know, does the music for the event. Uh, we have a surviving family member uh, who will be singing the national anthem. Oh, that's good. That is so good. So we have the TSA Honor Guard joining the Clark County Fire Department Honor Guard, and they'll be doing the Honor Guard for the event before we start the race. Oh, wow. So. So we have incredible sponsors. I mean, USO of Las Vegas sponsors us by bringing out their team. That's awesome. So if somebody wants to donate, what's the last day you can donate? Or can, can you, donate is that open every, all year long? It's open all year long. www.windy25.org. Uh, right, right. So, Got uh, it. get on and there's a donate tab and you can donate and, uh, rest assured, uh, us as a board, we don't take any of that money for ourselves. All of it is pushed out for families of our fallen heroes. Nope, no oh, problem, Matt. Amazing. Yeah, so, hey, and again, you know, go to windy25.org. You can also go to hookernation.com. We've got a link directly to the page, their page on, on uh, Hooker Nation. So um, anything that we can do to uh, push this out, we will. Thanks again, Craig. This has been absolutely amazing, man. Thank you. You're welcome, and thanks, guys. I uh, hope to see you soon, and uh, thanks for doing what you're doing and spotlighting Windy 2.5. Absolutely. It's our honor, sir. (laughs) Awesome. All right. right. Well, until next time, this is Hooker Nation signing off. Cheers, guys. Out here. Ramps level, wheels chalk. One, two, clear to ground. Hooker Nation signing off.